الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful I praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the praise that is due to him and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have his salah and salam upon Prophet Muhammad his pure family and his noble companions and those who follow on their path until the day of resurrection alaykum assalam rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh for all of you uh, brother abdul munam uh, barakallah feek if you could kindly uh, uh, paste the verses as i go with them inshallah if you if you can do that could you just uh, give me one inshallah if you are willing to do that with may Allah reward you طيب بارك الله فيك okay okay الحمد لله so this is chapter uh, chapter 86 أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والسماء والطارق وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الطَّارِقَ النَّجْمُ الثَّاقِبِ In these verses, the first verse, وَالسَّمَاءِ وَالطَّارِقِ By the heaven, السَّمَاءِ and الطَّارِق الطَّارِق, the explanation of الطَّارِق will come in the third verse In the third verse, the explanation of its meaning will come in the third verse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is starting this surah by what is called Al-Qasam. Al-Qasam which is the swearing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by As-Sama' and by At-Tariq. As-Sama' and by At-Tariq. And as uh, was said in the previous uh, explanations, some people may uh, yani have a problem as to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, swears by creation, swears by creation yet we know that for us to do that in case anyone who swears by other than Allah as the Prophet said will commit kufr or shirk and he وسلم, admonished us by saying Man kana anyone who wants to Swear, let him swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to keep silent. So, it is not permissible for us to swear by other than Allah. Whether that is swearing by the prophets or the angels or the Kaaba or the land or anything of the creation. As to the answer of the question that was raised, the matter with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is totally different. In the sense that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Strong peace to all of you Alaykum salam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Lahu, it's his right to swear By anything that he wants from his creation And that indicates The magnificence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Why? Lianna that is so because The greatness of the creation Indicates and proofs is a manifestation for the greatness and magnificence of the Creator. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran swore by many things and a good reference on this matter is an excellent book by Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah and his book is titled entitled At-Tibyan Fi Aqsam I'm sorry At-Tibyan Fi Aqsam Al-Quran the clarification regarding the parts or the kinds or, or, yeah, or classifications of the Quran and this is a good book for the seeker of knowledge and I'm not sure if it is really translated into English this needs some share, some search uh, so at any rate with respect to our subject here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by As-Sama and what is As-Sama? the definition of As-Sama is everything that is lofty anything that is above you is considered Sama even the clouds from which descends the or comes out the rain, it's called Sama' alaykum salam rahmatullahi ta'ala barakatuh. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ra'd states, Anzala mina sama'i ma'an fasalat awdiyatun biqadariha. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought water from the Sama'. In this case, the Sama' refers to the clouds. And the valleys flow according to the Majab subhanahu wa ta'ala that he ordained so it is really generalized in the sense that anything above you that is called sama and this comprises whatever is between the heaven and the earth as well as it comprises all the heavens why? because all of it is above you uh, this is As-Sama, this is the meaning of As-Sama Now as to the other swearing, what tariq Then this is another swearing, the second one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swearing by At-Tariq And لَيْسَ At-Tariq هُوَ الَّذِي يَطْرُقْ أَهْلَهُ لَيْلًا At-Tariq is not the one who comes to at night to his people Rather it is really explained in the third verse That's why I hinted this to this in the very beginning in the third verse which is An-Najm al-Thaqib that's the explanation of the Tariq An-Najm al-Thaqib it is the star of piercing brightness it is the star of piercing brightness this is At-Tariq and this star the, could indicate the types of star meaning the kind or it could refer to that which is penetrating or piercing because it's very very bright strongly bright and therefore it penetrates and pierces the darkness with its light <coughs> nevertheless all of these stars are from the ayat from the miracles from the rather the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all of them manifest his perfect ability in their organization as well and their courses of movement or their courses and in their organized system and in their different shapes as well as in their different benefits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to this effect in surah al-nahl verse 16 from the benefits of the stars from the benefits of the stars Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying and they are landmarks signposts during the day and by the stars during the night they, meaning mankind guide themselves 
So these are sources of guidance for mankind. Not only that, this is only one benefit of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also made them as decorations. As in Surah Al-Mulk, chapter 67, verse 5, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ زَيَّنَّا السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمَصَابِيحَ وَجَعَلْنَاهَا رُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ In this verse, as you hear the translation of the meaning, there will be two benefits. Allah says, and indeed we have adorned the nearest heaven with lamps, and we have made such lamps as missiles to drive away the shayateen, the devils. So these are adornments for the lower heaven, as well as missiles to drive away the devils. And we know from the former ayah that they also as well as guiding marks. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies that which is upon he made the swearing. Meaning, the verse that comes next, brother Abdul Munam, in kullu nafsin lamma alayha hafiz. In kullu nafsin lamma alayha hafiz. Mean there is no soul but has a protector over the soul. And this refers to the angels. This refers to the angels. And there are specific angels to protect the believers. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Infitar, chapter 10, verse 12, وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ And appointed angels in charge of mankind to watch you. كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ Honorable, writing down your deeds. يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ They know all that you do. Those preserve the actions and deeds of man. That which is for him and that which is against him. And man will find that on the day of resurrection an open book for him. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 16, verse 14, It will be said to him, read your book, You yourself are sufficient as a reckoner against you on this day. So these angels, they write all what is, what does man do from the actions of sayings or that of the limbs or even that actions or these actions of the heart, meaning what he believes in. All of that is written because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Qaf, chapter 50, verses 16 and 18, Okay, chapter 50, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ 
ونعلم ما توسوس به نفسه and indeed we have created man and we know what his own self whispers to him ونحن أقرب إليه من حبل الوريد and we are nearer to him than his jugular vein how Allah is nearer to him than his jugular vein is yet the explanation came in the next verse right away when the two angels remember recording angels receive each human being one sitting on the right and one on the left to note his or her actions ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه رقيب عتيد not a word does he or she utter but there is a watcher by him ready to record it so those watchers they write down and keep the records of the actions of the children of Adam there are other angels as well those mentioned in chapter 15 verse 11 as well له معقبات من بين يديه ومن خلفه يحفظونه من أمر الله for him each person there are angels in succession before and behind him they guard him by the command of Allah they guard him by the command of Allah uh, strong uh, brother, what are differences? What is that? Looks like a show with different sets. Can we uh, kindly ask you to yeah, to stay a little bit with us till we finish this uh, subject now, and then we'll address these questions. Hopefully, if you kindly could stay, it won't take too long. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala then in the in the next verse, brother Abdul Manan, Allah states, فَالْيَمْضُرِ الْإِنْسَانُ مما خلق فلينظر الإنسان مما خلق let man see so let man see from what he is created let man see from what he is created the term which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used here is see ينظر this is seeing with insight, with pondering and with thought let him think, meaning man, let him think as to what he is created from was he created from steel? was he created from iron? was he created from something strong? and tough the answer for all of these questions <coughs> comes in the next verse where Allah states this is the answer meaning he is created from a water gushing forth this is the water of man 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have described him in other passages in the Quran as ma'in maheen despised water weak in its flow not like the normal water and in another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described him as nutfa meaning which is qaleel nalma' only a drop of water or little of water this is the matter from which man was created and it is amazing that man being created from this type of water and then his heart becomes harder than the stone we seek refuge in Allah from that except the one who had softened his heart for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave an explanation as to where this water comes from in the next verse, verse 7 يَخْرُجُ مِنْ بَيْنِ الصُّلْبِ وَالتَّرَائِبِ it proceeds from between the backbone and the ribs the backbone of man and his ribs which are on the upper part of his chest and this tells you that its origin is deep and that it comes from a firm place from within the body some of the scholars are with the opinion that it comes from the backbone of man and the ribs of woman but this is in opposition of the obviously understood meaning of the statement and the correct explanation is that it comes from the <coughs> the sulb al-rajul the backbone of man and the ribs of man as well that's why because this is because of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says إِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ رَجْعِهِ لَقَادِرٍ إِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ رَجْعِهِ meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the next verse, verse 8 He is able to bring him back to life <coughs> He is able to bring him back to life meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bringing whom back to life bringing man and this will be on the day of resurrection on the day when the next verse please the day when all the secrets will be examined as to their truth so the one who created man from this gushing and despised water of man is all able to bring him back on the day of resurrection and this is a matter in which there is a proof taken from that which is physically perceived to be an indication for that which is expected to occur
and this is a rational analogy, meaning rationalistically man would say, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all able, alaykum salam, to create man from this water which is despised and bring him to life, then he is all able to bring him back another time. And this is very well stated. It is stated in Surah Al-Rum, chapter 30, verse 27, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُوَ الَّذِي يَبْدَأُ الْخَلْقَ ثُمَّ يُعِيدُهُ وَهُوَ أَهْوَنُ عَلَيْهِ And he is the one who originates the creation. Then he will repeat it after has been perished, after it has been perished, and he, him, to him, all of that is easier. All of that is easier to return the creation. So this is a very clear and manifested analogical and logical and rational deduction. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says in this verse 9, the day when all the secrets will be, the, uh, it is in reference to the hearts actually, to that which is in the chest, the hearts. Because on the day of resurrection, the reckoning will be regarding that which is in the hearts. And the reckoning in this life is with respect to that which is on the limbs, the actions of the limbs. That's why the Prophet ﷺ dealt with the hypocrites, okay, in the same manner as he dealt with the Muslims. And when he was asked the permission to, to kill the hypocrites, he ﷺ objected and he said, La, no. لا يتحدث الناس أن محمدا يقتل أصحابه Let's people think and say that Muhammad وسلم is killing his companions his companions he didn't kill them yet he knew that they were really hypocrites and he knew that such and such was hypocrite and that such and such was hypocrite why? because the actions in this life they are to, are to be taken on the outward and, on the here, and in the hereafter, they are to be related to the inward. So, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَوْمَ تُبْلَ السَّرَائِرِ This is in reference to that which is in the hearts. All of that will be reckoned with on the day of resurrection. This is like the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Adiyat, in chapter, uh, verses 9 and 10. أَفَلَا يَعْلَمُ إِذَا بُعْثِرَ مَا فِي الْقُبُورِ وَحُصِّلَ مَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Know he not that when the contents of the graves are pulled forth, all mankind is resurrected, and that which is in the breasts of men is made known? Certainly Allah knows that. And that's why it is obligatory upon us to give special attention to the actions of the heart much more than to that of the limbs. This doesn't mean, of course, neglecting the limbs at all. عمل الجوارح على مظاهرة The actions of the limbs are outwardly, uh, outward marks, but that the actions of the hearts, that's where the whole focus 
on the day of recompense will be. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ informed us about the dissidents, al-khawarij, when he addressed his companions. He said, describing them, يَحْقُرُ أَحَدُكُمْ صَلَاتَهُ مَا صَلَاتِهِمْ The one of you would يعني, consider his salah as if nothing with respect to their salah because they were used, they were known for their worship. And also would do the same with respect to his salah when he compares it to their, I mean the siyam with respect to their siyam. And this really indicates the saying of the Prophet ﷺ that they exerted all of their, much of their efforts in the outward actions, but their hearts were empty, وَالْعِيَادُ billah. And the Prophet ﷺ continued describing them, لَا يَتَجَاوَزُ الْإِسْلَامِ حَنَاجِرَهُمْ And that, or the Qur'an, does not go beyond their throats. And then he said, يَمْرُقُونَ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ كَمَا يَمْرُقُ السَّهْمُ مِنَ الرَّمِيَّةِ And that they will go out of Islam as an arrow goes out through the game. Al-Imam Al-Hassan Al-Basri, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy be upon him, said, talking about the Khawarij and their worship, Wallahi ma sabaqahum Abu Bakr bi salatin wala sawm, wa innama sabaqahum bima waqara fi qalbihim al-Iman. By Allah, Abu Bakr did not surpass them by salah, nor by siyam, by fasting. Rather, he surpassed, surpassed them by that which settled in his heart from faith. And when the iman, the faith, settles in the heart, when it settles in the heart, that will drive the person to do the righteous deeds. <clears throat> However, the open and outward actions may not drive man to correct his heart. And therefore, we should give the attention to our hearts and its actions and take care of that and its creeds and its directions, and correct that, and purify it from all forms of shirk, and innovations, and envy, and hatred, and dislike to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent down upon His Messenger, and purify it from any dislike to the companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last verse, in, uh, which we're going to talk about now, He said, فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ وَلَا نَاصِرٍ Then he will have no power, nor any helper. Meaning on the day of resurrection, he will not have any strength, any self-strength, nor a nasir, nor a helper. Meaning no external power to help him. He is alone, cannot defend himself, and no one can defend him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Mu'minun فَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ وَلَا يَتَسَأَلُونَ Then when the trumpet is blown, there will be no kinship among them that day, nor will they ask of one another. In this life, they will ask one another in this life, and all will seek protection with one another. 
But on the day of resurrection, la ansab, there will be no ansab, no kinship, meaning no relationship. That will no be that will be of no avail to them, and and they will not on that day ask one another for anything, <coughs> for any help. No one can give them any help. This brings us to the end of the explanation of the first ten verses of Surah At-Tariq. And this person, subhanAllah, inshallah, we finish the rest of the verses tomorrow, the rest of the chapter, and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this effort sincere for his face and to accept it uh, from me and also may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for your attention and for your presence. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And I have to remind any, everyone here that this work is based upon the explanation of our Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah to Surat al-Tariq and to the part 30 of the Quran as a whole. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him for that. Alhamdulillah wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. وسلم